WrestleZone.com, and it is episode 13, 13 of WCW Rewritten, and I am here with none other than the powers that be himself, creative control, my degenerate brother, Mr. Marcus D'Angelo. Marcus, welcome back to your show, episode 13, wow. Greetings and welcome everybody. Yeah, dude, 13 weeks, hard to believe. Uh, we've been We've been at it hard, and I'll tell you what, uh, WCW's been at it hard here. I've been at it hard. Oh, we're all we're, we're all going hard, Dom. My goodness, that's uh, a lot hard. Conversation just went off the rails. Uh, uh, this is like this is the Russo days of Viagra on a pole match. It is. It is. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what. The more I hear Eric Bischoff talk about uh, Vince Russo, the more I dislike Vince Russo. Um, that's great. I need to start listening to that a little bit more. Oh my goodness. It's just like an yeah, unbearable dude. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe he's, he's a wonderful human. I've never met him. Hey, I go by the Conrad philosophy of be nice to people that are nice to you. Hey, Conrad, Conrad's got it right, dude. You know, if somebody's kind to you, then why not be kind to them back? Doesn't cost you anything to be nice to somebody. Hey Mark, by the way, we're live and people are joining in. This is like, it's like the highest numbers I think we've had yet so far uh, that I'm seeing. So thank you for joining us, everybody. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for being here, guys. Um, you know, hopefully, I can I can deliver on the entertainment. Obviously, any feedback you guys have, you're welcome to to chime in here in the in the comments. You can send us uh, personal messages on our Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus P D'Angelo. Uh, you can find this podcast WCW Rewritten on Twitter at WCW Rewritten. Dominic, go ahead do your shit, and then we'll we'll get this thing rolling. Yeah, you can follow me at Dominic D'Angelo on Twitter. You can follow WrestleZone on Twitter at WrestleZone.com. Uh, go to WrestleZone.com for all your wrestling news needs. And um, yes, Marcus, uh, how did you like my little graphic I made today? Huh? I thought it, I thought it was pretty slick. I think uh, I think Brian Clark liked it too. Dom, he did like it. He did like it. If you guys haven't seen it. Well, you might have if you're tuning in, but uh, yeah, I put Brian Clark in the NWO and gave him those Hollywood Hogan uh, lightning bolts going on. So, uh, yes, Marcus, are we going to see a good deal of Mr. Clark here today? Mr. On- Clark does make an appearance, and guess mm-hmm. what, Dominic? Uh, he's fed up with Goldberg's bullshit. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Well, hey, you know what? Let's get to it. But before we do, before we do, it's always customary for us to read. What happened on the original date of this Monday Night Show, which was March 2nd, 1998. The Ides of March are occurring. Uh, Marcus, where did this occur at? Uh, Tuscaloosa, Dom. Way off. Way off. (laughs) I don't know know where. Our old stomping grounds, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. But not at, what was the, oh, the Wells Fargo Center. But the legendary... Philadelphia Spectrum. This occurred a lot of a lot venue. of a lot big of degenerate venue. moments happen in that venue, Dominic. Marcus, is there um this is like the start of like WCW get going into some big name areas, right? Like, I mean, we're uh, up until this point. I mean, we had the Cow Palace and certain things like that, but it's been some like you know we, we've been in North Dakota, we've been in the Iowa, and uh, just these random. You know, the uh, the Kmart Plaza over at uh, <laughs> right by the roller rink, you know? Yeah, you know, to this point, WCW had come a long way from working at Disney MGM Studios, you know, in 1996. I think, you know, Eric Bischoff himself said on 83 Weeks that 
Um, you know, when you book a venue during that era, it was something like six to six months to a year in advance, you'd book this venue. So it sort of makes sense that they'd, they'd be working bigger buildings now because 1997, they were red, red hot. Um, to, at this point, they're white hot. So I'm guessing 1997, Eric Bischoff uh, or whoever was in charge of booking buildings, it actually wasn't Bischoff. Um, the guy in charge of booking buildings was like, hey, uh, we could probably fill some really enormous uh, arenas. And they did. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, hey, let's run down the card here real quick. Very different from um, what sure you'll you'll have on here. Uh, so it started off. Chris Benoit defeated Riggs. Uh, Juventud Guerrero defeated Chavo Guerrero. Prince Ikeo defeated Psychosis. I kind of forgot Prince Ikeo was around at this point. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to forget it. Oh, <laughs> damn. Uh, Raven defeated Disco Inferno. The Public Enemy defeated Hugh Morris and the Barbarian. Bill Goldberg defeated Sick Boy. Diamond Dallas Page successfully defended his uh, United States title against Hammer by DQ. Uh, the British Bulldog defeated Scott Norton by DQ. Conan defeated Super Callow. Scott Steiner defeated Jim Duggan. Booker T and D Malenko defeated Chris Jericho and Eddie Guerrero. Bret Hart defeated Brian Adams by disqualification. And in the main event, it was Randy Savage and Sting with Miss Elizabeth defeating Hollywood Hogan and Scott Hall by disqualification. Tell you what, that's a pretty good card. It is a good card. That's all. I, I mean, you're playing the spectrum. I bet you best uh, bring all your big guns out there. So, yeah, you know. Um, well, all right, Dominic. How about we get into my version? Yes. How did you rewrite this episode of WCW Nitro? All right, Nitro three two nineteen ninety eight. Fire is rolling down the street, and we're rolling on Nitro. Shivani, Tanay, and Zabisco are present, and Zabisco goes off on the Wolf Pack, denouncing their actions last week as cowardly and promising them the, that the gold standard will answer the call. Uh, if you weren't here last week, the uh, the group of old school guys is now called the, the gold standard. Okay. Uh, Booker T's music hits, and we're starting this night off, off with an absolute banger of a match. Dominic, I just watched the uh, Booker T biography um, last night. Um, oh, the, the one that, that aired on A&E. Yes. It, was, it was something else. Yeah, you liked it? Yeah, he grew, up, he grew up under ridiculous, horrible circumstances. Uh, just really made the most of his opportunities. Uh, and man, he's, he's a legend. Yeah, I need to watch that. I like Booker T. I heard his first book is very good, and like all, it, it doesn't talk a whole lot of wrestling in it. Actually, it talks about yeah, what he, what the, his childhood was, and you know, uh, going to jail and all that stuff. So the man went through a lot, and and guess what, dude? He was super, super over. He and Stevie Ray were both very, very over. As I think they called themselves the Ebony Experience when they were at the Sportatorium in Dallas, and they they got just red hot down there, where it was like they made themselves undeniable. WCW had to look at them. Oh my gosh, yeah, uh, man, I love Harlem Heat. That music, it's a there's a reason that that theme stayed with him into WAF. Uh, hilariously, we got to hear Kevin Nash do a, a short rendition of the uh, Harlem Heat theme music uh, on on biography. So, oh really. That's that's worth the price of admission right that's there. Worth it right there alone. Yeah, James uh, Spanto, Fernando Taguay says it. Uh, Booker T's wrestling promotion, ROW, is pretty good. Yes, it is. Um, they got a lot of good talent. Actually, uh, geez, I don't. I like to keep these timeless, but I just interviewed uh, Will Alday, who's a regular on uh, ROW. Same with I did uh, uh, Moonshine Mantel, Mantel too. Both 
regulars of ROW. That's very good promotion. ROW stands for uh, Reality of Wrestling. Definitely uh, go out of your way to check it out. Booker T does a hell of a job. I mean, you want to talk about a rags to riches story, dude. That That is it. Go out of your way to watch these Booker T. And let me tell you, too. Booker T biography. I really like his his podcast, too. He does with Brad, Brad Gilmore, the Hall of Fame podcast. Uh, he always gives good perspective, good insight. Guy... The cool thing about Booker is he does not take shit seriously, but he doesn't like he just gives a a setback uh, attitude towards it, where it's just like this is what it is, straightforward, you know, and this is how he feels about it. Like, boom, it's just and that's what you like from Booker. Booker's the main, right? He's he's an adult in the room, no matter yeah. what's going on. Uh, just hell of a guy. Nate Johnson said it too. Book truly has one hell of a redemption story. Absolutely, man. Unbelievable. Let's get moving on this opening match. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you remember, guys, last week, uh, we have set a best of three series between Booker T and Canyon, and the TV title is on the line. Um, so this is this is match one in this best of three series. Uh, Canyon comes out next alone for once, but he's flicking that Zippo open and close, and he's staring at Booker with bad intentions. Um, can't you just see Canyon being crazy perfectly? Yes. With, like, insane expression on his face. He would just absolutely nail it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and these two would nail this match. Um, you know, in this era, they were two of the best workers in the world. Uh, bar none. Uh, throw Shawn Michaels in there. These two were – they could go with them. I, I guarantee that, you know, they'd be able to keep up with HBK. Um, we can picture what kind of a throwdown this match would be. Uh, near the end, Canyon is going to have the advantage, and he's going to go under the ring and grab the gas can. Um, the ref is going to be yelling at him to stop, but he is ignoring it. He pushes a gas can into the ring. He rolls in after it, but as soon as he stands up, bam, super kick from Booker yeah. T. Um, a Booker T stand, uh, he, uh, he follows that up with an ax kick and, uh, Booker T gets the victory. Um, so Booker's going to be standing over Canyon, uh, after having his hand raised and Canyon's kind of just coming to, and when he looks up at Booker, Booker holds up one finger and he's saying him up one in the series i like it man good visual marcus way to paint the picture here man, man got to dominic uh all right next we go backstage uh and this is a classic wcw thing right the the limo rolls up uh but it's not the nwo coming out right now it's the wolf pack coming out hall nash six hennig rude and conan are all uh coming out pouring out of the limo uh tony tells us that when we return from commercial these men are slayed to come to the ring to speak their minds uh, when we return, Scott Hall is already in the ring with Mike in hand and all the men surrounding him. He sees a red light go off, and he goes to work. Hey, yo. I feel like that's my best impression. That's pretty good. Yes, your Scott Hall is pretty good. <laughs> and I'm envious because uh, he's my guy. So. <laughs> Last week, we did WCW and all the fans a big favor. We took out the trash that's been lying around in this business for long enough. Well, tonight, me and Big Kev are going to finish the job. Tonight, we want you, Nature Boy, and your goof of a friend, Steven Regal, in a tag match. And just like I do with Zabisco, Flair, I'm going to embarrass you and expose you for the old man that you are. All hands on my mic. you up. <laughs> Carve you Yeah, carve you up. That's what it is. <laughs> Uh, Hall hands the mic to Nash, but uh, Larry, of course, and Larry would always do this. I love Larry Zabisco, but he would never hesitate to put himself over ever on Nash <laughs> on like live television. Uh, Larry's going to remind us that he did, in fact, beat Hall whenever they squared off. So Hall's full of shit. <laughs> um, all right, this is Nash now. Regal, you bit off more than you could ever hope to chew when you picked a fight with me. 
You and Flair put me through a table, and you can bet I haven't forgotten it. Last week was just the first in many receipts. I plan to give back to you, Regal, and tonight you'll get another one. Kara Hennig has the mic next. And Tully, don't think that I forgot about you. You cheated your way to a, a win against me and Conan at Super Brawl, but tonight your luck is run out. Tonight you're stepping in the ring with Conan, and if, there, and if there's anything left of you when he's done, I want you at Uncensored. The Wolfpack is going to send you and all your buddies home to the retirement home where you all belong. Oh, damn. The Wolfpack leaves as Ready or Not plays, and the announcers run them down. Those bastards. Um, stick up for yourself. What's the topic? Uh, we are doing WCW rewritten, so it's uh, from uh, March 2nd, 1998. Um, we started at Starcade 1997, and we've gotten to this point. So if you're behind, uh, I recommend you catch up. Catch on up. Yeah, we don't we don't do the the old uh, last week on WCW rewritten. <clears throat> that's just ain't gonna happen. <laughs> so go back and check it out, Kevin Davis. What's up, man? Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Um. All right. Next up, Goldberg comes out and he's squaring off against two unknown jobbers. I didn't feel like looking up two jobbers, Dominic. So was... <laughs> Look, it doesn't matter. It's two enhancement talents, Dominic, and we're oh we're God. doing the classic old fashioned. Can, Goldberg. Just, can I just pick? Sure, pick two job. If you can name two jobbers right now off the top of your head, I'll apologize right now to you and everybody in this chat. All right. Hey, how about Lash LaRue and how about Lodi, who's not in the flock right now? You know, when I say jobbers, I'm I'm picturing more like T Rantula. I, we love the guy, but but T was an enhancement talent back then. Okay, you're um, not going to call Lodi a jobber. Of course he is, but he was all he was also featured on national television, so I don't know that he counts as an enhancement talent. Uh you could. I think he could enhance very well. All right, fine. <laughs> well, well, I apologize then. Um. All right, and so you know, this is, we're just driving the storyline forward between Goldberg and uh, I almost said Wrath. Oh shit, my dehumidifier! Hang uh -oh. on, vamp, vamp. The dehumidifier makes a run in, man. So you know, the Goldberg, lack, the lack of professionalism. How many handicap matches did Goldberg have on his streak? Kid, was there some? Uh, yeah, I think that he got to the point where he was squashing two dudes at once, if I remember correctly. But I don't know. Um, he's he's doing it now. Oh. Um, Oh, Mike Iron. That's a good name. That's a name I haven't thought of in quite a while. Uh, Nate Johnson is saying Alex Wright and Ralphus or whatever Jericho's bodyguard is. Alex Wright is in runway royalty, sir. Uh, Marcus, <laughs> uh, no doubt you're taking with him. <laughs> it might be an answer down soon enough. <laughs> Come on. That's a good That's a good gimmick. Um, oh, geez. Now I lost my spot. Um, anyway, it's, it's just going to be a fast match. Uh, so we're just trying to, to enhance the storyline between Goldberg and Brian Clark. Um, on his way back up to the ramp, there's going to be a, a planted dude in the audience with a uh, NWO sign. Goldberg's going to take it, tear it in half, and then tell the camera, you're next. Oh, boy. When we return, Shivani is hyping the night when he's interrupted by the NWO music. Uh, Brian Clark, I almost said wrath again. Brian Clark comes out, um, and he's looking enraged, Well, he's, and he's got the U.S. title around his waist. He's in ring gear, but he grabs a mic right away, and he cuts his promo. Bill Goldberg, you think you're proving something, some kind of a point by coming out here and winning your little handicap match? It'll take more than that for you to prove that you've earned a shot at my belt, and I'll prove it. Bring me bring me a tag team from the back, and I'll do the same damn thing. High Voltage Dominic is back on, on WCW Monday Nitro. We're wasting, we're wasting live TNT primetime television on High Voltage, but it's for it's for a good cause. Um 
And so high voltage uh, comes out to the ring and uh, we're underway. Uh, this one is going to be short as well, but Wrath is going to take multiple shortcuts on the way, raking eyes, choking his opponent in the corner, low-blowing chaos. Not Kenny Chaos. Oh, he, he is low-blowing chaos here for the finish. And then he's going to nail him with his death penalty and get the victory. The death penalty was the original rock bottom. Look it up. It was, I mean, Brian Clark was like, what, six foot eight or something crazy like that. So that's a long way to drop. Um, so uh, he's going to stand up looking smug and he's grabbing the mic. You see that, Bill? If you want your shot at the belt, you're going to have to do more than that. I decline your challenge until you've earned the right to step into the ring with me. Clark leaves the ring, and the announcers admit that he looked impressive against his two opponents as they wonder what's next for Goldberg on his quest to capture WCW gold. All right, the final match of the first hour, Dominic, is going to be kind of a longer one just because it's featuring none other than the hitman, Bret Hart. Um, and he's out here for his match against Hector Garza. If you remember last week, uh, Eddie Guerrero said, hey, look, Hart, if you want a shot at me, you got to go through some of my guys first. You know, so let's see if you can get past Garza. Maybe I'll throw you another bone. Um, so Hart is going to come to the ring alone. Uh, but Eddie is going to be in Garza's corner. 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 It's like I just turned into Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> All that Boston accent getting you. <laughs> right. Let's take a break and read some of these. Uh, James is asking, have you given Goldberg his New Japan Pro Wrestling finisher? Combination one-handed spine buster and choke slam. Yeah, I've had him do that to somebody already. <laughs> um, I, can't, I can't remember who it was. Dominic, do you remember? I can't remember. He's... It was it was a couple weeks ago, and I feel like it was a larger opponent. But like after seeing him do it to Brock Lesnar when he was a few years older than this, I was like, uh, Goldberg could probably put up just about anybody with that. Yeah, thing. there's not a lot he not a lot of people he could not put up. Just an absolute savage of a human. Uh, we love Goldberg. Uh, you know, it's I know he's I know the rap on Goldberg. I know he's green. I know he has a tendency to hurt people. I know he has a tendency to hurt himself because he's so amped up. Uh, but I. Love him. There's a reason that he got a pop and he was over. There's a reason. He has something that you can't pay for. It's, it's something you can't you can't just manifest in somebody. You can't train somebody to have what he has. He was just born with it. Yeah. And uh, he came to the ring and put it on display. As I'm looking at the uh, our background here, which is uh, WCW NW Revenge, I'm thinking about how much damn fun it was to play as Goldberg on that Marcus, game. It, it, I, I bring this up. I probably brought this up in the first episode of this. It was uh, you defeated me handedly. No, I was Goldberg, and you were Chris Jericho, and you defeated me handily in like three minutes and 30 seconds. I would not forget that. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't even remember that. It left an indelible mark it on your soul. We got WCW NWO Revenge for Christmas, 1998, obviously. And I remember firing it up. I'm like, I'm going to be Goldberg. <laughs> and Marcus is Chris Jericho. Since you in that lion tamer, and Goldberg tapped, man. Uh, James is saying, what do you think of this name for a faction, Lucha Mafia? I mean, hey, down the road, I don't I don't see why not. You know, it's especially because a guy like Rey Mysterio, he was getting like kind of edgy there near the end of his run. Um, he was what, with the horns on his head? With the horns and the suspenders. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know, maybe. We'll see. We'll see how things progress. Um, I've basically got 1998 completely mapped out of my mind. And then after that, dude, it's, it's the Wild West. I'll figure You're it right. out fucking gato in new japan that's it dude so far in advance um all right so eddie's gonna do all that he can to distract or trip heart throughout the course of this match but brett's gonna show his savvy by constantly getting out of each situation finally though when we get to the finish hark is heart has got garza locked in that turnbuckle figure four but eddie has seen enough 
safety comes up and he nails Hart with a chair and uh, Bret Hart gets a DQ uh, victory. Um, Hector's going to get up and he's going to grab a chair as well. And they're just going to start whooping on just through just the whooping hitman. on him like crazy. Hey, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> the <hitman. laughs> uh, but the bulldog is going to run down and he's going to make the save. And the, those two Los Latinos members are going to scatter as the, uh, as, as uh, bulldog kneels by Bret Hart, who is slowly recovering. So that's the end of hour one gang. Man. Quick one. Marcus, okay. I've noticed that you have not really uh, included Bobby Heenan in the mix here too much. Yeah, Bobby Heenan. I, I felt like this. I felt like it was kind of uh, overkill for me to every hour to be like, and now Bobby Heenan is out. But like it was what I was doing at first, right? Where it's like if Bobby Heenan comes out uh, at, for hour two, that's the way it always is. Larry Zabisco leaves. Heenan comes in. Nate Johnson is asking, no Neidhart. Uh, not this week. I gave him the week off. I'm actually trying to further a storyline that, that only involves uh, the British Bulldog. And uh, I think the, the Raiders were on Monday Night Football on March 2nd. Yeah, you know, he had he had a family situation. He had to stay home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hang on a sec. i got to find my notes for hour two. Here we go. All right, hour two is here, and we're starting off strong uh, as Tr- Chris Jericho is coming to the ring. After being red-misted for many multiple weeks in a row now, uh, he's coming to the ring, and he's wearing clear, protective glasses <laughs> like you'd wear if you're like using yeah. a chainsaw or something. Uh, and he's continually mugging to the camera about how smart he is. Um, all right, let's take a timeout. Daniel Miller, thoughts on the death of WWE. Uh, does Daniel Miller know something that we don't, Dominic? What happened? What, what happened during the first 20 minutes of this podcast? <laughs> Did something happen to WWE Backlash? Money that we're missing here tonight is what's going on. Yikes. Uh, maybe he means WWE Network, which is that's that's a sad situation right that's there. Pretty bad, isn't it? Didn't they put something up on there recently, though, that they brought back? I can't remember. They put a whole catalog of stuff on there, I think, just recently. But it's not good. I, I subscribe to Peacock, but honestly, I only watched WrestleMania on it so far, so. Do they have like all the old stuff? Like, could could I go back and watch all the nitros still? I'm not sure. I don't know, man. If, I mean, if they it's, got... it's a better price, but you're not getting as much as you did when you had the network for what it was. Right. Know? Come on now. Like we need that video library. How much money does Vince McMahon need where he's selling out to Peacock? Like, dude, pump the brakes. Let's just, let's, you know, give us something that we can. Enjoy. It's, it's all about the money. Good grief. He's a billionaire. Come on, you can you can stand to lose a couple schmeckles there, Marcus. At this at that point, when you're making hand money hand over fist like that, it's just a pissing contest. It's the, mon- the monetary value is is like just a number that you want to keep growing and growing. That's the incentive for billionaires and so on and so forth. But Daniel, uh, maybe you can maybe you can educate us. Uh, yeah, yeah you clarify your question a little did, bit if you could. Did something hideous happen on Backlash? I hope I don't know. Uh, all right, uh, his opponent is Ultimo Dragon, and when uh, Ultimo comes to the ring and blows his red mist into the air, Jericho reacts with visible nervousness. Um, so as per J.J. Dillon's stipulation last week, this is a no-disqualification match for the Cruiserweight Championship number one contendership. Um, so this match is going to spill to the outside early, and they're going to spend most of the match brawling outside the ring. This is no DQ, so we gotta we got to make the most of this, a la DDP and Macho Man at uh, Halloween Havoc 97. Yeah, what an event that was, too, man. That was, that was where Eddie and Ray threw down, too. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable, unbelievable event. Hey, fun fact, I did a little recap of that particular match for WrestleZone, so check that out. Type in Macho Man Randy Savage. 
and DDP on uh, WrestleZone, I mean, it should pop up there. Unbelievably good stuff. I have written here for some reason, Dominic, Ultimo Dragon will hit a moonwalk. I think I was trying to go for moonsault. Um, <laughs> he's, he's busting out the moonwalk. Uh, he's going to hit the moonwalk off the announcer's platform. I was like, oh, he, he always does that acai moonsault. How sweet yeah. would it be to see him do that off that little platform the announcers are on? Um, Jericho will slingshot him under the barricade. I want that to be another big spot where he like sticks his head underneath it and grabs his uh, ankles and then like leans back. So I, I think that would be a fun spot. But just Randy like, style. yeah, these two are just being nasty to each other, trying their best to to one up one another. Um, the comedy spot is going to uh, be when Jericho is. Uh, I mean, he's just constantly checking and make sure that his glasses are still in place so he can't get red misted. But finally, uh, they're just going to be exchanging punches in the ring. And Jericho looks like he's starting to get the better of it, where it's like, okay, he hit one and, and Ultimo's not coming back. Hits another one, Ultimo's fading. Uh, but then Ultimo's just going to reach up, pull down Jericho's shades, and missed him uh, instead of throwing another punch. <laughs> um, uh, where am I? Jericho will sell being blind, and Ultimo is going to try to take advantage. Ultimo's going to set Jericho up between his legs for the running sit-out powerbomb, but Jericho's going to pull his legs out from under him, drag him to the center of the ring, and lock him into the lion tamer for the submission victory. Uh, as Jericho is having his hands, his hand raised and selling being blinded, we go to commercial. Mm. So Chris Jericho is the number one contender for the Cruiserweight Championship. He'll be meeting Juventud Guerrero at Uncensored. Marcus, what is Uncentered sponsored by? Uh, probably Castrol GTX, Dominic. But right, I'll, I'll get on that. I'm just, I'm just guessing. <laughs> no, we're that's what we're going to do. Every time a pay-per-view comes around, we're going to get one of those classic sponsors, and I'm going to spruce it up. I, it's been a while since I made Mean Gene say, like, presented by Snickers. You got to make it. You got to plug it. Mean Gene's got to get that in. Got to get the hotline in. Got to get all that. Got to get Mean Gene shit in, pal. Dominic, speaking of Mean Gene, when we return from commercial, Mean Gene is standing by with Eddie Guerrero. Behind Guerrero are Garza, La Parca, and Chavo. Marcus, real quick, Nate says that the Hooventude, Jericho, and uh, Ultimo Dragon storyline is one of your favorite storylines you got. Oh, dude, thanks, man. You know, it's uh, Jericho was just so good with comedy. I was like, we have to have something fun like that going on. And him getting red-misted constantly <laughs> is just a blast. But I don't know. I mean, that kind of felt like a blow-off match between he and Ultimo to me. So it's uh, the, this red-mist gimmick might might have run dry, Dominic, that well. That well might be dry. Uh, you might have to kind of, well, maybe for the, the this uh, storyline or shtick, but I think maybe it's something that we should keep along with Ultimo, right? Well, I'll tune in next week. Oh, <laughs> son of a bitch. Uh, well, Eddie Guerrero, Bret Hart was victorious against Hector Garza tonight, and I believe that you said that if he could get past Garza, he could have a match with you. Will you be a man of your word and give Bret his match? Gene, he didn't beat Hector. It was a DQ. That doesn't count as a victory, and therefore he doesn't get a match against me. Next week, if he wants to try his luck again, my man here, Laparca, is ready to step up to the plate and put that washed-up loser in his place. Brett Bulldog and Neidhart. Never mind, Neidhart is here. I forgot I included oh, him. Fucking liar. <laughs> there, you go. there you go, though, man. He's back. I even uh, came up with good cover for you and everything, and you blew it! Sorry, man. Brett Bulldog and Neidhart running from off screen and start beating up the members of Los Latinos. Uh, Eddie runs away, leaving his men to fend for themselves. And after the his uh, comrades are down, Bret Hart looks angrily in the direction Guerrero ran off to as we move on to the next segment. So, man, Bret Hart, he might be uh, 
see Nate saying, why wasn't he in for the save? I don't know, dude. It was just a, a oh, Mark. I, I got no excuse. It was, it was a writing gaff, guffaw, gaffy, wh- whatever that word is. I think it's gaff. Gaff, jaffy. So that cannot be correct. Rio kid. Hi. What's up, man? Um, no. Yeah, I screwed up. So <laughs> well, let's, let's just the plot hole. It, it happens on this, uh, you on know what? Hey, here's what happened. Nate. Nightheart was taking a shit while this <laughs> running was going on. He was and dropping he was, some heat. Yeah. Bulldog was like, come he on. He was dropping some nitro. Bulldog was like, come on, mate. We have to go. <laughs> he's and like, just he, go without me. He's just, like, just fucking go, dude. So I'm, I'm not even halfway done. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's I didn't screw up. He was taking a dump. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, up next, we've got Conan taking on Tully Blanchard. Uh, with Conan is Kurt Hennig and Rick Rude, but Blanchard isn't alone either, as he has brought with him Dean Malenko and Arn Anderson. The announcers put over that the gold standard is fighting fire with fire, and they plan to use every tactic that the Wolf Plan, the Wolf Pack does, wolf plan. Uh, just to even the odds. There's something wrong with my my speech today, Dominic. What am I? What am I doing? I think I'm all nervous. I'm all worked up about hey, you're Nitro. out on your shit, pal. That's what's going on. Hey, hey, not hurt. Had burritos. Um, it's a frozen... went to uh, Tony Luke's in Philadelphia. <laughs> right, right, and he's being punished now. Um, because the odds are even, uh, this is gonna just gonna be a straight up match at first. Um, signs of the Wolfpack wanting to interfere, but they back off when members of the Gold Standard start to come around the ring. Blanchard and Conan uh, would have put on quite a show in this era, would they not? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, Blanchard still had it, I believe, at this point. Um, and dude, Conan easily, easily in his prime during this era. Oh, I like Conan. I was like, I didn't appreciate him at the time, but now I do appreciate him. You go back and you watch him. It's like for a guy, his size to move the way that he did is just unbelievable. Cause he was a, he was a big dude. He was really muscle bound. It's like, man, he was, he moved very fluidly. Nate saying, uh, Nightheart was my fave. And when I saw him live, he was a face and he fucking swerved my hand, even though I was one of the only ones, uh, put, <laughs> put out the son of a bitch. <laughs> okay. What, what the fuck, Jim? Hey, you know, Jim, you know, that he's just got to play the, I guess, rub the beard. That's what I'm doing. I guess. Did I meet, did, did you and I meet Jim Nightheart? No, we never remember. met Night, Jim. We never met Jim. I, f- I feel like I was around him once. I don't really? know. If I, yeah. Was he at like a, a convention he must have been must have been in a convention i just feel like i was around jim neidhart i don't know rest I in remember peace, we jim. walked by scott steiner and it was kind of intimidating yeah scott steiner if i remember right was like eating a hoagie and i wanted to say something but he was eating and i was like he's the type who would like flip out on me if hey, i man, he's fucking eating all right <laughs> and he'd be like spitting his food while he's yelling at me and it's hitting me but i'd be like afraid to wipe it off <laughs> all you'd be thinking is Steiner eyes playing in your head. <laughs> right. I'd, be, I'd be thinking about what he and his brother did to poor Butch Reed. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. It involves a bundle of Sharpies. Goodness. Uh, anyways, I'm getting lost here. <laughs> you, may, you maybe don't want to look up that story. It's hideous. Mark, there was something I wanted to talk about. Yeah. It was before Neidhart. Maybe continue your thing, and then I can interrupt you, because maybe it was pertaining to that. Yeah, give it some thought. Um, oh, we were talking about Conan. Yes. So this is what I did want to say. Conan, he added a little bit more of an edge to the NWO, did he not? 
Yeah, he was like, you know, he, that's why I put him in the wolf pack because, like, it makes sense for him to be rolling with Hall, Nash, and Six because it's like they kind of had that, like, that West Coast rap vibe to yeah. them. Uh, because with like the bandanas, like Tupac, and like coming out in like their flannels and stuff like that, combat boots, all that stuff. So it's like he just sort of fit like a glove with those guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I want to say. Um, all right. So in the end, Kurt Hennig uh, gets up on the apron to distract Tully. He's had enough. And he's like, you know what? I'm, I, I got to do something to give uh, Conan the advantage. Um, and the ref is trying to separate the two behind Tully. Conan has pulled out some brass knucks and is waiting for him to turn around the dreaded brass knucks made of uh, rolled up paper towel back in the day. Dominic, um, he's waiting for him to turn around, but Dean Malenko slides in behind Conan and low blows him to get a huge pop. So again, it's like the Wolfpack and the NWO, I noticed during this era, they always had like this thing where it was like, they would just play the numbers game and take advantage of people. And now it's like, I'm like, okay, how about turn about his fair play? Like, let's, let's create some bullies for the bullies. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I, hey, I and if you're associated with, with Ric Flair, he's the dirtiest player in the game. So that's it. Why can't Dean Malenko low blow this guy? He was about to use brass knucks. Low blow is pretty, it's, you know, brass knucks. If you hit somebody right, you could murder them. So I feel like a low blow is like taking it easy on them. And it's a foreshadowing to what we learned about William Regal later on. Um, Hang on. Nate seems like he's got a banger of a story right now. Mark Henry almost lost his shit on me because I asked how he lost so much weight. And he said he stopped eating burgers. I was like, um, out of all the wrestlers, he was the one I wouldn't fight. Just solid muscle every inch of him. So I said, okay, and let it slide. <laughs> yeah, basically anything he would say to me, I would let it slide. Probably a good idea. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah, the world's strongest man wasn't just a nickname. Right. You know how like you pick up like a, an old dried branch and you break it over your knee and you like you feel like you're tough. Like I think if he was motivated, he could do that with like a human arm. <laughs> <laughs> so like so like let's let's not upset him uh if i met him i'd be like hey you are in tremendous shape and just leaving it at that you look good uh, hook him horns baby mm-hmm. uh, um, that should be scott norton versus uh mark henry right i'll tell you what i wish mark henry had gotten released at some point so i could add him to wcw i know i don't wish that on him i'm glad he was in wwe <laughs> um that's an awful thing to say i don't want him to be released for crying out loud um anyways um yeah the low blow happens in the meantime rick rude and arn anderson have been jawing on the outside and rude attempts to sucker punch arn but arn blocks it and lays him out with a punch the ref forces kurt off the apron and tully turns around to find conan doubled over he hits him with his slingshot suplex and pins him for the huge victory kurt slides into the ring and starts beating on tully but malenko slides in and chases kurt off and we go to commercial all right, when we return, we've got a segment that I had fun rating. Uh, when we return, we've got a pre-tape with Hulk Hogan at his mansion. He's sitting in a hot tub, and he's doing one of those classic cut-up NWO promos in black and white. He's joined in the hot tub by Bubba the Lunch, Love Sponge's wife. I'm just kidding. Um, so he's, he's in the hot tub alone. <laughs> well, he's got a Miller Lite. Yeah, it's certainly a bucket has, of Miller Lite floating in the hot tub. Certainly with he has a Miller Lite. Hey, dude. <laughs> uh, I feel like he was a chorus guy. I don't no, know. he was no light man. Oh, he was. Yeah. All right. So I'm not. I'm not doing like a Hogan promo because if you remember these black and white, uh, like NWO style commercials were like very cut up. So I'll just tell you what he's saying. Uh, he's bragging about how even though he's already changed the wrestling business and made his millions, he still has one more thing. He wants as part of his legacy. He wants to end the career of Sting. He promises that he will do just that in uncensored. 
Hogan gets out of the hot tub and he grabs a white towel. As he unfolds it to dry off, he looks like he's seen a ghost. He holds out the towel, and written on it in black is, Welcome to the Jungle, Hollywood, and it's signed Sting at the bottom. Hulk demands that the camera be shut off, and we end this segment. So Sting creeping around in Hogan's house while he's not there. Hogan wasn't naked, was he? Uh, no, he was wearing his red Speedo that he tans in Dominic. Okay. I mean, you couldn't see that, though, because it was black and white. Right, exactly. Okay, the main event is here. <laughs> <laughs> and the Outsiders are taking on uh, Regal and Flair. What a great main event this would have been back in the day, day Dominic. Both of our us as chubby, chubby, young, hairless boys I mean, would have been very excited. Italian, Italian boys. <laughs> great storytelling. Thanks, Nate. I appreciate it, man. Um. Uh, this match is to further the storyline developing between Hall and Flair and Nash and Regal, respectively. Um, so this is going to be a classic Outsiders tag team match. Dude, like back in the day, I, the, I think that they were the best tag team in the world in this era. Oh, man. That, so much. I mean, obviously, we, we lean towards the Outsiders. So it's like. But it's like the the way that they did stuff, they kind of had a formula for all of their matches, and it always worked. Like obviously they did the they did the obvious formula, which is cut off the ring. But kind of the story is that they would tell uh they they told like a bunch of mini stories in all of their tag team matches. I noticed. I you can tell I've watched hours of their stuff because I kind of know every beat of it. Where like the, the you know they do the abdominal stretch spot where Hall's got somebody in an abdominal stretch and Nash reaches out and he holds his arm back and yeah that was a great but like when the ref would turn nash would just like he had those long arms so he would just like lean back and he'd be like look i can't even reach him and he'd like reach like a normal person like how could i be cheating i can't reach him <laughs> like he'd be doing that to the ref um and then finally like the ref would bust him one of my favorite spots that they would do in these matches is like when somebody tagged in that hall didn't want to be in the ring with hall would like spit on him and then just like back up to the corner and tag uh, kevin nash in which was always just amazing hilarious great <laughs> um and yeah i mean so they had they had a bunch of these spots that they did throughout their matches and uh it was always great yeah, uh let's see now uh for the finish uh well i mean i, I forgot to say that they are going to be cheating often uh, which i guess is the point i made already uh for the finish though nash is going to set up a table on the outside he's looking for revenge on william Re or steven regal he's sick of this garbage um, Nash is going to be setting up a table on the outside and then he goes and he's climbing back up on the apron to come in and, uh, get after Regal, but Regal is going to be back on his feet by this point. And he's going to come running over and drop kick Nash off of the apron and through the table. Oh boy. That being said though, Dominic, a table is illegal. So the ref has no choice, but to award the DQ victory to the outsiders. Flair and Regal take the opportunity with the Kevin Nash out the heavy of the two. Um, and they just start beating the shit out of Scott Hall. Just beating the damn dog shit out of Scott Hall. <laughs> um, uh, Six is going to run out to make the save, but here comes Dusty Rhodes. Uh, he's coming uh, out around, around the side of the, the stage, and he cuts him off, and he goes to work on him with his with his elbow smashes. Flip -flop and, fly. Yeah, I'm picturing Dusty wearing a denim shirt, jeans, cowboy boots, and just like with the denim shirt like they used to give out in WCW with like a WCW yeah. micro patch and it's like tucked in and he's got a black belt. Are <laughs> <Is it all laughs> the sleeves rolled up or are the sleeves cut off? It's all the buttons are buttoned, even the top button. <laughs> and the the sleeves are not rolled up. They're they're buttoned. <laughs> they're buttoned. <laughs> yeah. Which is something that Dusty always did. 
You got to look good, man. So he did. He was sharp. Uh, but yeah, so he's he's beating up on just whooping that ass out there. Yeah, baby. Um, and so Regal and Flair have turned the tables on the Wolf Pack, and we're gonna close the show with Scott Hall face down in the mat, and they've got a can of gold spray paint. What? And they, and they spray GS on on Hall's back for good gold. Good stuff, standard. baby. That stands for good stuff. Yes, baby, and we go off the uh, <laughs> gold standard. Um, uh, Nate is saying, oh, man, a Dusty Pock match would have been great at the time. Yes, Nate, it would have. Um, so, so like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of Dusty going to ECW as well, like a year after that. And uh, he had a feud with Steve Carino. Oh, yes. Um, so that's kind of where my head went. Um, and like man, Nate said to himself, who better? Who better than six? Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, all right. So, uh, that's it. Nate, uh, also said he mentioned, uh, favorite spot that they did too. Um, he also liked when Hall was in control, but still did, uh, the point to Nash and tag him in, even though, uh, the tag wasn't needed. Yeah. I love that. I love how Scott Hall, he would like, whenever he would tag in Kevin Nash, and it was the end of the match. Scott just wouldn't even leave the ring. He'd just like sit on the top turnbuckle. Cause he'd be like, well, it's over. <laughs> and then like Kevin Nash would like power bomb the guy and get the win. I mean, those guys are so much fun. Oh, James dude. Thanks for the shout out, man. Yep. Uh, some, some support here for us. Uh, you can follow me again at Marcus P D'Angelo. You can follow Dominic at Dominic D'Angelo. Follow uh, this podcast at WCW Rewritten. You can follow WrestleZone.com at WrestleZone.com. Uh, go to WrestleZone.com for all of your uh, wrestling news needs. And also, guys, we do another podcast. Uh, if you like AEW, which is basically what WCW probably would be like a little bit today, I would guess. Um, it, if you like AEW, we do another podcast, Two Dynamite Dudes with Attitude. Uh, where once a week we review uh, what happened on Dynamite. So uh, check that out. Uh, Jason Bristow, Ooh, Regal, anything Regal, anything above the mid-card isn't believable. I know the internet mar marks love him, but he's a ratings killer. Um, respectfully, I disagree. I, I think that uh, William Regal had a lot of value, but in WCW, it just wasn't really brought out. I mean... Here's the thing, and I think it was 1995, he got in this famous brawl with Fit Finley. Um, Dominic, do you know about this? No. So those two had a match. It was on pay-per-view. I can't remember what the pay-per-view was. Maybe one of these people in this uh, can weigh in on it. But they had this match, and they just they just turned it into a shoot fight. Like, both of them agreed, like, let's just shoot. And so, like, it was... Like, they had legit heat between one another. No, no heat. They were friends. They just They just went out, and they had a shoot. Oh, uh, just like for fun. I think it, I didn't hear this story. I think uh, you, I think maybe I heard Finley talking about this. It, it was like it was like a work shoot, basically, yeah. where like they're they're going out there and they're throwing live rounds, um, but like they're still working, and like the guy who's supposed to go over goes over, um, and it's just like it it was quite a spectacle, and to me that like kind of initiated my interest in Steven Regal. But then it's like instead of like putting the gas pedal down and, and sort of giving him a storyline that you could sink your teeth into with Regal. He was just stuck in that stupid blue blood thing. He didn't help himself at all because he did have a serious drug issue at this time, which by the way, um, in, in this world, as I said, with Scott Hall, uh, this is a perfect world. If we're rewriting WCW, it's going to be, nobody's got drug issues. Nobody's going to rehab. Um, no, he's got an alcohol issue. Everybody's there on time. There's no creative control, et cetera, et cetera. Basically all the things that ruin making good storylines back in the day, I'm erasing so that we can have these fun storylines that we never got. Um, that, uh, that to, to be devil's advocate, I will say, 
Uh, we did not see Steven Regal as a babyface. Like, so was he, would he be able to play something like that off is the big question. I mean, obviously he flourished as a heel, like WWE when they used him like that as William Regal, he was great. Um, so the, getting across as a babyface, I, I had those apprehensions and, and questions too at first. So here's, here's the thing. I think that if you put him in a position uh, to succeed in whether babyface or heel, I think that he will. I think that he's the kind of guy who's going to take the ball and run with it. But like, what are you going to do when you're a blue blood and you've been coming out with like Bobby Eaton acting like he's British, even though he's not, he's like from the <laughs> South. It was just like, it was a dog. Shit. Italian stuff. Right. It was just a dog shit, stupid angle that he got he got stuck with. And the next thing you know, it's like he's gone. He goes up to, to WWE and they kind of help to realize his actual potential. So, no, it's I, I understand why Jason feels that way. I'm guessing that a lot of people do feel that way. Um, but uh, in, in this world, I'm saying like, hey, look, he was easily one of the best technical workers on the face of the planet. Well, this time. Right there. Yeah. So let's let's get him in there. Yeah. Show his true technique, like unbelievable, unbelievable worker. Um, so like, let's, let's get the best, let's squeeze every drop of juice out of William Regal. And, let, and by the way, let's squeeze every drop of juice out of Kevin Nash. When Kevin Nash, as I've said before, when you put him in a position where you were putting him with people who are good workers, Kevin Nash turned out really good matches because he had great psychology. Was he always the best technical worker? Absolutely not. But he had great psychology. And if you put him in the ring with somebody who's a really good worker, just stand back and watch the fun. There you go. There you mm -hmm. go, Mark. So, hey, I like it. What a way to end the show is a good debate like that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no heat between me and Jason. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to you know, have a little debate with somebody. Hey, like, if, Jason, if you if you come back with something and uh, and you make me feel like, hey, maybe I need to rethink this, I will rethink it. You know, I'm hey, look, the, I'm I'm in control of this podcast. But that being said. Um, if, if somebody comes up with really good creative and changes my mind, uh, all of a sudden you guys get the control of the podcast. Mark, did you know what would go on his way to babyface stardom? What's that? Is a new theme. A new theme. Yes. Well, you know what? Uh, I, I, the, the gentleman who uh, messages me with his, uh, WCW rewritten fan account, he, uh, he did say that he does not like the fact they've been coming out to the horseman. Theme. Yeah, Mark, it's, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. I mean, it's I, I agree. You know, to me, uh, the, the horseman theme wasn't really all that iconic, I guess. Um, but I think, I think it was, especially in a lot of people's minds. So I was like, you know what? I, it's not like I'm taking something from the Turner archives, which is what they did with Goldberg. Goldberg seen with somebody else's theme like a year before, and then they just like gave it to him. Um, so it's like, it, I'm not exactly just taking something from the Turner archives. Apparently this is like some indelible music that people associate with the horsemen. So yeah, uh, let's, let's buy the rights to something. So guys, let what me... do you think should let, pick a song from the era? Um, what should be the theme for the group, the gold standard now, but let me make a point too, that maybe a theme for Regal just by himself would be good as well. Uh, well, he's, he's in this group, Dominic. So as of right now, I'm just looking for a theme for the gold standard. Cause I mean, I, Rick, Rick Flair is going to come out to his own theme, but that's going to be about it. Man, hey, Nate, know. Nate, holy smokes. Oh man. You got me. You talking has got me imagining Canyon versus Kevin Nash. Just imagine that. Yeah, that'd be good too. Uh, we got to see it in a tag match, I believe, once, and Canyon was Mortis. Um, so it's uh, we didn't we didn't quite get that that straight up Nash uh, Canyon match, uh, the, at least not to my knowledge. 
Well, here's here's something. Nate does say I disagree. The Horseman music is iconic. Well, I think I think he's disagreeing because I said earlier I didn't really realize oh, it was so iconic. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, Marcus, I don't think it's a big issue if you know. I think it adds to their own identity too if you give them their own theme. Um, like it, you give Pete Flair has his theme, but you put Regal when he comes out by himself, maybe. I mean, hey. So look, here's here's how I view it. Ric Flair is the de facto leader of the uh, the gold standard, and just like Hulk Hogan is the leader of the NWO, he gets Voodoo Child, but the rest of the NWO has the NWO theme. So that's kind of like the box that I put it in. Ooh, something from Bon Jovi, sure. Uh, <laughs> that could be cool. Um, honestly, uh, like let's let's come up with that. That would be sick. Danger Zone. Oh my God. That would be. What would about be uh, the Caddyshack theme uh, with Kenny Loggins? Um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't know if that fits, Dominic. That doesn't match that well. Um, well, let's come up with some options, guys, um, and uh, maybe we can run a poll sometime in the near future, Dominic. And let's decide as as let's let the fans decide, Dominic, what is going to be the theme for the gold standard. Mm, that's important. Um, dang it! What was I going to say? Dang it! Uh, oh, I got to make logos, too, for Heart Dungeon and for Gold Standard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll be making T-shirts. I'm just kidding. Probably not. Hey, maybe stickers, at least. Hey, if there's if there's a huge demand for T-shirts, sure. Bad we to the bone. Off. We could do a soft run with stickers, see how it goes, and then uh, go from there. All right. Hey, hey, why not? Marcus, you put your dime on that, okay? But Oh, yeah, of course. That's the, on the, your tab. This will, uh, I'll, I'll skip on groceries for a week. You um, don't need them. <laughs> no it's uh maybe we will have to go for that dude dead or alive would be pretty dope i That's think bad to the happen. bone would be cool too i don't know man we got some, some i'm not a big bon jovi guy i'm just gonna say that though uh i bet rick flair is a big bon jovi guy <laughs> maybe we can i can get his opinion somehow yeah. uh I, you know what though yeah dead or alive wouldn't be too bad still horse i ride i'm on it I don't know. It's a little too cowboy, maybe, because uh, these guys are supposed to be like jet, jet riding. Yeah, like if you got kind of hmm, that's true. jet flying, limo riding. Ooh. I don't know. It should be an iconic theme, though, right? Like it should be. A, I mean, an iconic song. Yeah, it should be. You know, like what's what's a song that goes well with a group of guys that are like these dapper, like lady killer, like workers, like guys who are coming to work to kick some ass and then they want to go to the bar and throw down on some beer afterwards. Maybe uh, Mac on a couple ring rats. The boys are back in town. Thin Lizzy. I don't hate it. Mm. Ooh, another Thin Lizzy. How about Jailbreak? Jailbreak's great. That's, that's ooh, back in black. <laughs> back in black. Back in black. I associate ACDC though too much with um WWE at this point. It's a SmackDown theme. Like not. Hey, hang, on, hang on now. Hang on now. Nate is saying Highwaymen by the Highwaymen. Uh. It's kind of got the uh, Desperado Terry Funk vibe to it, where it's like Fumini was saying uh, that, uh, what was he saying? He was like, that Terry Funk coming out to Desperado depressed everybody when he did that. Dude, I'm, I might have one. I might have one. Uh, if you remember back in the day, Dusty Rhodes used to call himself the Midnight Rider. How about Midnight Rider by the Allman Brothers? I'm going to have to hear that again. I got one more silver dollar. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Ah! I don't know. Some of the—that's the thing. I I get it. I don't know. Maybe just some of those songs are just overplayed for me, and I'm just like, uh, kind of. Uh. 
that point. Well, I mean, you know, during this point, I don't think like Midnight Rider is getting a lot of play. Midnight Rider gets my vote. Uh, <laughs> so I'm voting for my own thing that I just like. Wow, what a dickhead. Uh, um, Highwayman's a great song, though. I do love Highwayman. I was a highwayman on a civil horse I ride. All right. All right. Let's give it some thought, guys. Uh, Dominic will put up a poll and uh, we'll get to the bottom of it. So, all right. uh, It's it's been 51 minutes. Uh, Please give us a follow uh, on our Twitters. Uh, Go ahead and send me some DMs if you want. Is that a dog? That's my dog, Rosa, here. Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) Welcome to the jungle. Fucking cat. That's why I couldn't see Dominic. I saw like an ear. (laughs) Um, In any case, uh, thank you guys all for joining us. It's been fun. Mm -hmm. It has been fun. Yeah, and feel free to, to slide into our DMs if you got any questions, comments, concerns. Uh, if you want to be mean to us, I don't care. Yeah, I'm all for Marcus getting uh, trashed on. We trashed on him pretty good today, guys. Yeah, well, you know, uh, bear, bear, hit me one more time. Britney Spears, was that out yet? I don't think so. It was getting close, but I don't know if it was there or not. So, uh, how about some Smash Mouth? Hey, uh, now. No, you're that wasn't out yet. Yeah, that I, was like a year later. Um, you could do uh, Backstreet's Back. Mm. Uh, if we wait till 1999, getting jiggy with it. Mm. Um, in any case, going Hootie, off play some hootie. We're going off the rails. Hey, keep in mind if you guys do send me any mean DMs, I will be mean back. But like, we can, <laughs> just so you know, we, <laughs> right, right. If you're mean in a in a funny way, I'll probably let you slide. But uh, if if you're just mean for the sake of being mean, I will be scathing. Uh, don't send him some ham and eggs either, please. Yeah, you know, I really prefer, you know, even you saying that, Dominic, is not great for me. I feel like I'm going to be receiving some her, some junk mail. A little bit of junk mail in the mm-hmm. DMs. Yeah, not something I want. Uh, by the way, Dominic has never seen that picture of uh, of Brian Nobbs' butthole. So don't you guys want to go ahead and send that to him. Got to hold up my reputation as a writer. <laughs> Don't want to see Brian Hobbs' old brown star. All right. Anyways, look up that story hey. about the Steiner brothers and Butch Reed, and uh, we're, we're just going to go ahead and sign off here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Steven Ringo, coming out the offspring. You got <laughs> I'll a little juxtaposition. <laughs> <laughs> little balance of skills out here. Right. Hey, Marcus, guess what, though? We're out of time. The tape machines are rolling, guys. We'll see you next week right here on WCW Rewritten. Thanks.